We've all gotten one of those emails, a hateful email. I got one several years ago. I mean, it was ugly. I'm going to read you that email, and I'm also going to tell you a mistake that I made of my own. See if you make it too. Stick around for this next episode of Deborah Honeycutt on Three Hours of Sleep. Radio personality Deborah Honeycutt, revealing stories from the red carpet to parenthood on Three Hours of Sleep. Doctors recommend eight hours of sleep nightly for proper brain function. Anything less could cause malfunction. And now, here's your host, Deborah Honeycutt. Hello, hello, welcome. I'm Deborah Honeycutt. I'm your host. Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. And I want you to think of a time that you didn't feel you were perceived fairly. Maybe you're misunderstood. Maybe you were stereotyped. Maybe someone who didn't know you assumed they did uh, because they simply judged you based on an outward appearance and very few details on the inside. That's frustrating because it happens to all of us. It happens to you. It happens to me on both ends of the spectrum. I think we've all been at fault before. And there was an email that I received early on in my career. If you don't know and you don't listen to the radio show that I'm a part of, I'm a co-host of um, a three-person show. It's Jim, Deb, and Kevin on 95.5 WFMS. It's a country radio station here in Indianapolis. And I've been there for what seems like forever. And my co-hosts have been there longer. So I've been there 20, I think we're coming up on like 26 year. Do I see here? That's not right. I'm coming up on 27 in December. So almost 27 years. Um, and then the guys are like 30 plus, I can't even remember, 35, 33, something. And so we've been together for 19 years. It's been a long time. But when we first became a team, I joined the show and they had already been on the show. So, so of course, I was the new person. And some people don't like change. That's the whole reason I didn't like it when my son moved to college, because I didn't want our family dynamics to be different. By the way, I'm fine now. And it's nothing like I thought it was going to be. It wasn't this terrible thing. Uh, if you want to hear about that, you can listen to episode one, Surviving a Child Moving to College. But I was the new person. And of course, I just wanted to be myself and not put on any pretenses. And so I, I came on um, doing what I normally do, and that is sharing my life story. I'm kind of an open book. And I'm okay with being self-deprecating and sharing those moments where I mess up in life. And I'm not going to share her name. I mean, it's been years. I probably got this my first year in joining the show. I was the new person and she didn't like that change and apparently didn't take a liking to me. So I received this email. Believe it or not, I printed it out and I still have it. I came across it the other day. I was looking for a journal because I have several and then I put them in a dresser somewhere. And so I was wanting to reflect back on something that I had written and I was looking for this journal. And when I did, this piece of paper was folded up in half and stuck inside that journal. And I kept it for the very reason that I wanted to have this be a lesson learned. So I'm going to share the email that she sent. Not so much the very first email that she sent. After I responded to her, she responded back. And I think that one is more important. You know, the first email, I can give you just a quick rundown, but she didn't seem to think that I had earned my position. You know, I was a Butler University graduate. I had graduated with a radio television degree, a journalism minor. Um, I had come from another radio station and then worked at a sister station to where I am now down the hall. So this would be my third radio station that I had worked for. I felt like I earned it. She didn't agree. She also seemed to reference that she felt like things came easy for me. But the truth of the matter is we all experience tragedy in our lives. And so she didn't know me. So she sends this email and she fires it off. And when I read it, I remember I have pretty thick skin, but my mouth was open, almost thinking, number one, 
who sends this? And number two, you couldn't be more off base. And if you read her email, life was lollipops and roses for me. So I sat on it for 24 hours. Someone years ago told me if you're upset, you can draft your email reply, but don't hit send for 24 hours. It's the best advice I've ever been given because you can easily get worked up and fire off something that you'll regret, you know, days later. So I did that. However, I responded thinking, surely we have something in common. You know, we both love country music or why else is she listening to WFMS? I applied because I loved country music and I was listening to country. I was listening to that station while driving in to the hip hop station in Indianapolis that I, I first worked for out of college. So I knew we had that in common and I thought, surely there's something else. So I drafted my best response to share with her things that I didn't think she knew about me. I felt like if you're going to have that judgment, at least know who I fully am. And then if that's still how you feel, you know, we can't win everyone over. So that's the approach that I took. I think I started off by saying, I appreciate your response. I appreciate your email and your honest thoughts. And here's what you may not know. And I, I shared a little background. Well, this is the email that I got back. By the way, I'm not going to give her name. This is water under the bridge as far as who it is. That doesn't matter. It, what's important is the lesson that I learned and the lesson that she learned and hopefully a lesson that you can learn as well. Let's just call her Julie. So Julie wrote, Deborah, after having a migraine for three and a half days, your email made me smile. Thank you. At this time, I do feel ashamed to admit I took a really bad pot shot at you. I like to think I'm normal. After what and how I said what I did, I'm not too sure now. I'm 45. I'm starting in the change of life. And I find myself doing a lot of stupid things that afterwards I am amazed I did what I did. Like now. Like yourself. I, too, like crossword puzzles because I shared with her what I love to do. I do a crossword puzzle every night before I go to bed. I like quilting and I like cross stitch, my first love, but really difficult when learning to use bifocals. I also like reading and personal challenges. So Julie goes on to say, I'm currently going to school in the evenings to learn to be a court reporter. And I thought that was the coolest thing because I am a crime junkie. I love to watch Dateline and all those crime shows. And oh, my gosh, that could have been my second career because I would have loved to be a, a court reporter. Okay, back to the email. Julie says, you have accomplished a lot in your young years by going to college, being married, and snagging a fantastic job. I know each job is work in its own way, but yours does seem fun and glamorous. I guess you have the burden of being in my car with me every morning, kind of like the bartender always being at the bar and having a shoulder or ear. I have no complaints about what you do on the show. You really carry a lot of the show as you are the only female. And you also work with two very nice guys who are not small-minded creeps. I would have to agree with Julie on that as well. I love the guys. She says, I'm very sorry that I am opinionated at times. So thank you for not taking offense and especially for responding in the way that you did. I know you like to laugh at yourself and I like to do the same. Also, I was a cheerleader wannabe. Thanks, Julie. I should tell you, she titled my email, the first one that she sent, cheerleader has been strikes again. But Julie, I didn't make the cheerleading squad. I didn't make it. I tried out twice. I danced in high school, but I was never a cheerleader. And so reading that subject line kind of caught me off guard. But yeah, she titled it cheerleader has been strikes again. So my point to you in this is, I think in, in responding in the manner that I did and telling her, hey, I think you've got me stereotyped and you're judging me unfairly. And I would love to share with you some things about myself that you probably don't know. And I have never forgotten that email. It's probably the worst one I've ever gotten. 
You know, there have been other times where someone has said, you know, I, I don't like what you said about X, Y, Z. You know, they didn't share that same opinion, but they never came out and said they didn't like me altogether. That was harsh. And I felt like my response and approaching it the way I did is why it had a good outcome. And what's interesting is I haven't shared her name, but I see her name on our Facebook page all the time. And she is still a listener of, of WFMS, has engaged with me several times, and it's water under the bridge. It's a lesson I've shared with my kids on several occasions. However, I've also been on the other side of the coin, and I've shared that very same lesson with both of my boys, especially as they were trying to find their group of friends, their circle, and making decisions on who they hang out with based on their values and the choices that they make. So years ago, I was at a function, and someone introduced me to another lady that was there. And if you would have asked me then if we would be friends today, I would have said, hands down, no way. And that's terrible to say, but just when you have an initial conversation with someone, we probably didn't discuss the right things. She and I didn't seem that we had anything in common. So I thought nothing of it. Of course, I was polite and I introduced myself and she responded back and we chatted for 15 or 20 minutes. I think we both had a child at the same school event and I never thought anything of it. The only thing we probably had in common that I was aware of was the fact that we had a child the same age. You know, you pick your friends based on who you feel comfortable with, who has the same personality sometimes. And, and I remember holding a conversation was a little bit difficult. Now, I can talk to a, a comforter on the bed and don't have problems talking. My parents said I never stopped talking when we were at dinner. And I have two sisters, you know, they never got the floor. It was just one of those things where I didn't see us wanting to carry it further, go to lunch and develop this friendship because I really didn't think we had a whole lot in common. Well, she ended up reaching out and asked me to meet for coffee or lunch. I can't remember which. And of course I told myself, I'll go, I'll do anything once and why not? So I went, we had the best conversation. I still wouldn't say I thought we were, you know, besties, but she had the same values. And over the years, we continued to keep in touch and do more things together. And little did I know that she would end up becoming one of my closest friends. But sadly, I didn't even entertain that thought when we first met. I thought to myself, we don't have a lot in common, except for the fact that we're mothers. But it's a great lesson, and people can be very different and can bring completely different dynamics to the table. And sometimes maybe where I'm a talker and she's not, we complement each other. So instead of writing her off, which I'm ashamed to admit I did in the beginning, I remember thinking when I left the school event that day that I didn't have a lot in common with her. And I think early on, you're looking for another mom that you can gel with when you have kids that are young, yet we have so much in common, but you can't really make that judgment, that decision in such a short amount of time. So it's a great lesson for me. And I always remember that don't judge a book by its cover because there's so much more to the person than what you're just seeing or experiencing in that short amount of time. In fact, I found this the other day and I saved it. I love this quote, judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. And I'm sure Julie felt that way after, after emailing me and getting my response. I felt that way after seeing this friendship develop when I thought we had nothing in common. And I didn't know her to even make that judgment. What about you? Is there a time where you have felt judged and unfairly so? How did you handle it? Did you respond back quickly and fire off that email? You know, write the draft and then read it again 24 hours later. You may not want to send it. That's happened with me several times. And I think as a mom, we all go into like protective mode, but I didn't feel the same way 24 hours later and I ended up hitting delete. 
I mean, when I look at Julie's email, I love that we went from a subject line of cheerleader has been strikes again to her final statement, which was, so thank you for not taking offense and especially responding in the way that you have, because that made a big difference for Julie and I, and I think created a lifelong listener of WFMS radio. So that's my two cents today. Came across that in a journal the other day and I thought, oh my gosh. I have to share that. I saved it for a reason. If you want to get the first couple of chapters of the book that I'm writing, you can get those by going to Deborah Honeycutt Media on Instagram. Super easy. You just click on it, put in your email address, and I'll be able to send you those in a quick download. And then join us for our next podcast episode, my husband's $750 mistake. Now, he would say it is my fault. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm the one that did it. But as a result of one of his actions... Hey, and thank you for all of the comments and the support you've been sending. I really appreciate it. If you get a chance, leave a review on your platform that you listen to this podcast. It's Deborah Honeycutt on Three Hours of Sleep. Hope you have a great day.